Hey, Instagram, stop striking out. Anybody that's mad about it doesn't get it. Striking out is going to happen in the game. It's the mindset. It's not the act of striking out. It's the mindset. It's competing. It's not giving away at bats. I'm sick of watching games on TV where guys are giving my bats away. People, if people are actually upset about this now, you have to bear in mind, I pay no attention to what anybody says because I don't care. That's a fact. But you guys keep telling me that the strikeout, it's everybody's going to strike out. We all strike out. We get it. Like, oh, be upset. What, what do you mean strikeouts are unacceptable? Yeah, they're unacceptable. Like, the acceptance of strikeouts as a player is unacceptable. Like, if you're cool with striking out three times in a game and you just walk home and you're fine with it, then, you know what, I don't want you on my team. I don't want you on my team. Everything is about attitude. And the people that don't want to understand that, if you're making it about the actual act of striking out, I struck out plenty in my career. I know I did. But I'll tell you what, none of them sat right with me. It didn't matter who struck me out. It didn't sit well with me. Like, we got to get better at competing, period. Just be better at competing. I'm watching college summer ball games that are averaging 22 strikeouts per game. 22 strikeouts per game in a college summer league? Like, what are these we doing? Kids, these are kids that are trying to play at the next level. You think the pitching gets worse? You think you're going to strike out less when you move up? Come on. And dudes are, like, hitting a buck 80, and they're like, oh, yeah, you know, it's tough. The pitching's tough. Like, we'll figure out how to hit the ball. What are we doing? Listen, the whole the whole thing stems from the beginning, right? Where, oh, a strikeout's just another out. And if that's the attitude that you want to take, then you're going to strike out three times a game. And you're going to strike out 150, 180, 200 times in a year. Then you become that player. Because if striking out is okay to you, then you will strike out more. If you're not okay with striking out, you will strike out less inherently. Period. It's it's a simple paradigm. It's a very, very simple paradigm. Pelotero Pickle episode 50, the half century edition. I'm here with Chris Colabello, but first, a reminder. If you have any good topics for us, send them to our email, pickle at peltero.com, or we have a new Twitter handle at Peltero Pickle. Send us all your good stuff, tag us, retweet us, like us, all that stuff. Uh, Peltero Pickle on Twitter or pel- pickle at peltero.com for your emails. Chris, how are you doing today? I'm already upset. I'm already rattled, Bobby. Yeah, we, had, we did a pre-show rant, pre-show Instagram response video to uh, a supposedly controversial post that we made on Instagram about strikeouts. So do you want to just rant again? We're going to just get right back into it. I'm sitting in the good seat today. I was in a good place. I set all the stuff up so you can see the bobbleheads, you know, like the the whole motif look thing. I shaved last night. I don't look old. And now I'm already feeling old and salty because people don't get it. You did, you did a nice job with your backdrop today. That's good. I like the bobbles. First Those are always nice. First hit. Line up. Atta babe. Playoff. Glasses. Goggles. Party glasses. What's the, what's the Coke bottle? Colabello Coca-Cola. It says Colabello on it when they did names? I mean, now that you brought it up, 
You should drink it on the show. No, it's been look at how like caved in it is. Colabello Cola. How'd that how did that happen? Was that like uh you were in the big league, so they did it for you thing? Yeah. How do you think it happened? Well, I don't know if like I remember when they were doing the whole name thing and you had to like look for your name, or you didn't have to, but people did that. But then when you were with Toronto, they were really big in the beautiful cola, cola bello. No, that was a, uh, but it was a team thing. We all had our own Coke bottle in the six. Getting hot up in the six right now. And they're, they're they're going back, right? Aren't is that yes. the like uh, this week? What's the, the date? The blue, you know, what's beautiful is it's July and the the Blue Jays have already had two farewells to their fans because one happened in Florida and the other one happened in Buffalo, so they had to do like the whole soccer. Good job, guys. Yeah, one in Dunedin. It's way better to call it Dooned In. Dooned In, yeah. And then uh, Buffalo, yeah. Somebody what called it, uh, somebody that was, should be like familiar with Florida locations called it Dunedin the other day. Dunedin. And I said, I said, what'd you just call it? <laughs> like Dunedin. They're who a baseball person. Out, out them right now. Who did it? Uh, I can't remember. I have to think about it now. It'll come to me during the show. And Dunedin? I, I can't even like, I have to I really think about it and say like that. Hey, by the way, um, I blacked out last week, apparently, right? I, yeah. I was ranting about 12th overall pick, 12th round. Sorry, Ben Rice. Thank, hey, thanks for listening to the show because I think you're a great player. And I also, just for context, I was talking to Ben about, like, helping him out because now he's in Tampa. I lived in Tampa, obviously played in the, in the area right near Dunedin. And, uh, you know, I was taking care of him, telling him where to go eat and stuff. Introduced him to our guy, Paolo Tini. Oof, oof. No free ads. Give him an ad, though. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in Tampa, you need to go to his restaurant. Yeah. For some Italian. Uh, was it Cafe? It's on yeah. South McDill. We should probably mention the name of it. You think they'll sponsor us? Do you think they'll sponsor the pod? He, he already has sponsored the pod. He fed us multiple times. That's true. That's true. That counts. Cafe Paradiso. It's so good. So good. Um. What's a, what's a better stadium to hit in? Buffalo, Dunedin, or Toronto? Uh, They're all pretty good. They're all pretty good hitting parks, Toronto, right? All right, so Toronto's great. I've said this out loud multiple times this year. Hitting in Dunedin, or Dunedin, sorry, Dunedin. <laughs> I, well, like, I'm going to process who said that to me, and I'll figure it out. Hitting in Dunedin is awesome, because if you're a right-handed hitter, the wind is always blowing gale force out to right center field. So – Hitting at that park forces you to have good approach, which I've said multiple times this year, watching Vladdy at the beginning of the year, it was belligerently obvious that he was trying to hit more balls to right center field. And weird, ironically, he's hitting a billion with a billion homers. So, if so facto, having a good approach because the field you play at allows you to go deep to right center will make you a better hitter and probably make you the best hitter in baseball. He's good. When he's going, when he's got that direction going, he's electric. I had a conversation this weekend about this, uh, a concept that I have that I think should be implemented across all of sports, all of baseball and softball for that matter. At the youth levels, I think the outfield fence should be inverted. Yes. But it goes like this and it's deepest out in center and, and it needs to go like this. Yeah. They need to, they need to go from this to this. They need to make, turn the U upside down. Straight across. Make it, make straight it across. or straight across. Yeah but make center field the most shallow part to incentivize hitting the ball in the middle field. Yeah, I agree. Now it would be cool if you could hit a button and like auto invert it. So the opposite field fence would come further in 
You just have to hit a button if it's a right. You know when, like, little kids at Little League games are like, hey, lefty. You know, they yell the lefty coming up to that because nobody would have known otherwise. Hey, we got a lefty. Hey, lefty's hitting. Um, Yeah, you could hit a button and that would tell you, and it would just put lefty up on the scoreboard and then also switch the fence. That would be cool. That would be cool. That's we could we could probably do that in conjunction with hit tracks. Speaking of hit tracks, we'll do a little segue there. You didn't know I'll let you finish. I love the segue. I need to buy you a segue so that you can just segue into everything. I saw a guy. I saw a guy on a segue the other day. I think it was a segue. It was like the the two-wheel one where you just kind of like squeeze it between your knees. He was going down the road 40 miles an hour. I drove I drove past him. He had a helmet on and he was just like are those things called segways? He was at like a 45 degree lean. Yeah. And he was booking it down up a hill. That's he a single wheel. Why? Is that a Segway? They make the Segway has different models. I know, but is that called a Segway? I don't know. Or is it a unicycle? It was, well, it's two wheels, so it one wouldn't wheel. be. The between the legs one is a one wheeler. No, it's two wheels on the outside and you kind of stand in the middle. Well, that's a Segway, yeah. The guy was flying. I was like, I. I, I almost want to turn around and, and keep up with him and, and see if, how fast he was actually going. I was really shocked. Let's get back to the Blue Jays, though. Which So Dunedin's awesome to hit in. Buffalo, I feel like left field short. Buffalo's okay. It's just in the cold, it's bad. And then Toronto? Toronto's number one. Toronto. You had, if you had to pick one out of the three, you would Toronto. go Toronto? Well, it's Toronto's neutral for all three sides, uh, for both sides of the plate, right? For all three parts of the park. Dunedin... It's a very much a right center haven. So for me, I would say Dunedin. But like with all net, like web neutrality, hitting handedness neutrality, Toronto. And Toronto's sick. So I love Toronto. Toronto's a cool city. I got to go up there when you were there. Um, it's a cool city. I like it. It's like a very clean New York. Yeah, it's a clean, well, clean New York. New York. Um, all right, let's move on. Pelotero Software. Not formally released, but we did a soft release. Um, what does that mean? It means anybody that's done a demo with us so far has access to the software. It's like a extended beta, making sure we've we beat this stuff up as best we can, just banging on it, trying to find all the flaws. Software development's hard, a lot of gotchas in software development, but uh, it, it feels real stable right now. It's, it can't find a way to break it. So it, now we're getting it out to more people letting the world test it out and pretty excited about it. You know what's funny about a soft release? And I'm going to bring this up because I've always wanted to talk about this. It's completely nothing to do with our software. Our software is cool. Don't get me wrong. I've showed it to a lot of people. We built it. I like it. It's awesome. You should try it. Great. Soft release. Casinos do soft releases like hotels all the time. And I never understood it. You ever watch Ocean's 13? They're like, oh, it's a soft opening. Like, what's the difference? Now, I get it. It's not formal, but I still don't get it. Yeah, Our software is kind of nasty, though. Oh, what? The Hitrax product is kind of nasty. It's really, really cool. Um, yeah, so basically what it means is if you want access to it, you got to do a demo with us right now. It gives us an opportunity to test out, like if we were opening a hotel, let the staff get used to having guests in the building, Test out your systems, make sure everything's running smoothly before you open the floodgates. But yeah, that's really what we're doing. And, and next step is as long as there's no major bugs, 
there's there's a couple minor things that we might tweak to it right now, um, just from a user experience. But uh, next step is let's go. It's go time. It's wide release, so yeah. it, it will be available as a software update to any Hitrax user now. So anybody that has Hitrax, it's just an update to the software, and it'll I be want, there. Pell Terra button. I want to expand on this too. Um, complete like tangent, but good one. So I was thinking a lot about this, right? And I was thinking about what true hitting information is, right? And and I'm gonna I'm gonna loop this all together, which is interesting. Full circle, we're gonna bring it full circle, belligerently, when push comes to shove. Why do you have to always like I have some sayings, like you have some sayings. What am I saying? Call you out on them. Yeah, I want you to. What am I saying? Shit, man. I always get made fun of for having a big vocabulary. It said the opposite. It's a small. No, it's actually, it's expansive. And you just don't like the phrases that are my go-tos. What were you going to say? You were going to say something. You said you were going to bring it full circle. Maybe a little bit of train of thought. Screw you. Am I allowed to say that? I don't even know if I'm allowed to say that. Yeah. Coach Carrier dropped a couple curses. I loved it. I loved it. I, when, I actually get the explicit thing next to our podcast. We'll get way more listeners if we have the explicit thing. I actually wanted to do a full, like a full explicit episode of just and just rant hard about stuff. I think all our ex- episodes should be explicit because it's really hard for me to not curse. Just FYI. We'll do a Pelotero unfiltered. Anyway, here's the loop that I was going to get to, which was like a really solid point that you just derailed. So I was thinking about hitter development process information, right? And I'm, I, I watch all these players who want answers from other people. Like I've talked to so many hitters who want somebody to give them an answer. They want them to give them the keys to the kingdom or they want them to give them the information that they need to be better. And that just ain't it. You got to go find your own information. What we, what we're able to do with what we built is to just kind of like draw the outline for you a little bit. But hitting at the end of the day is art. It is art, man. You have to paint the picture. And when you use colors, you blend different colors. And sometimes when you go to make the same painting, you change the colors a little bit and it looks a little bit different. Hitting is an artistic thing. And it, it's undefined. It's not, it's, not this, it's not this yes or no question. What you have to train yourself to do is to be able to do things that you can create in a game, that you can, that allow you to use what you learned in a game. And that's the beauty of, I think what we have is like, hey player, here's what you're not the best at, maybe address it and here's how. And within that, go figure it out. And it's hysterical because the more, I'm involved with the industry. And the more I talk to young hitters, the less coaching I think they need and the more figured out that I think they need. So how much of coaching is teaching them how to figure it out though? I always felt like that's why I I didn't even know I was doing it, but I, the Socratic method is basically you ask questions, you, you ask probing questions to make kids think and make them try to decipher what's happening. And I, I always felt weird telling people what to do with the swing. And it was more about education and about getting them to think. So it's weird for me when it's like, you, I would coach against some teams and the coach was 
of the opposing team was literally telling the player every play what to do. It's like, hey, third baseman, if it hits you, hits you go to second. Shortstop, pinch the middle. Second baseman, move over this way. It's like, shut up and let the kids play. And then from a hitting standpoint, just you got to give them some strategies. You got to get let them experiment. You got to let them fail. Like, you know, how crazy it is to like say, hey, go up to the go up and only look for a breaking ball. Imagine if you sent an entire team up and say, we're only swinging at curveballs today. How much would that team learn and how beneficial would that be to the rest of their career if they were given permission one game in their life saying we're only swinging at curveballs? Well, how about how about just give them permission all the time to do whatever they think is best? Everything about hitting is discovery. Everything about it is discovery. There is no day that you go to the field and we're closing the door to learning. Like it, it never ends. It's never, it, the, the, you tell me all the time, software never ends. Right. And I, I get it. It's never done. Yeah. It never ends either. It, it's not, it's not, you, you're going to see something or feel something or experience something that you've never experienced before. Maybe not every day, but it, what you try to do is you try to take these situations, right. You try to take these, these different things. You try to take different locations and different pitch types and speeds and, uh, you know, vertical movement and horizontal movements, and you try to bucket them. You try to make, you try to put that pitcher in a bucket somewhere, or you try to put a certain pitch in a bucket. And this is goes back into what Mike Bryant was talking about. The, the high fastball got put in a bucket for Chris. Chris didn't have a bucket for the high fastball. His bucket there was just go back to your traditional approach, right? Go back to stay in the middle, be soft, be easy. And, and, and the old faithfuls of what I need to do when I'm messed up. And as you get older, the more at bats you have and this again, comes wraps around to exactly what Dante Bichette said. You need 5,000 at bats before you're ready to be a big league hitter. 5,000. So that's why I just threw at bats to Bo growing up. Bo and Dante just got at bats growing up. Like he would just try to get them out because that's where you learn because you can do all the training you want and until you apply it in the game, until you understand, okay, why does the two seamer, why does the arm side two seamer act like this? And why do I have to swing that way at it? You know, arm side two seamer down in the zone from a righty, right on right, you know, glove side four seam from a righty. How's that going to act? And learning about hitting is about first. And I, I wrote this tweet the other day, put yourself in a controlled environment and figure out how to create the outcomes you want. Put yourself in a controlled environment. Put a ball on the tee and figure out how to create the outcome you want. Just figure it out. And then let's go from there. Like, let's build off that. Right? That's what hitting, that's what learning how to hit is. Am I wrong? Am I crazy to think like this? No. Everything you're saying seems reasonable and logical. Yeah. It's good. So, yeah, so Pelotero and Sarasopper coming out. That was a great rant. Love it. Uh, let's move on. Yerman, our guy, he retired. And then he unretired, and then he had a homer. Is this like a – did he just have a couple too many drinks and just what, hopped on Instagram? Is that – I haven't heard anything about it. Do you, do you, have you heard anything? Somebody asked about this the other day. So he got sent down, obviously, because he went from hitting a billion to hitting nothing. Yeah. So you hit 415 in April, and then all of a sudden you swing at a 3-0 EFIS, and then you hit 100 after. So just for context, by the way, I'm going to put this out there. 
this is why you don't swing at 3-0 floaters from you think the baseball player. you think the baseball guys got him i don't even I, it's a little bit of that but i think it's more dealing with the repercussions right this is the perfect example of unintended consequences coming back to bite somebody because he got a lot of negative media attention whether you can call it good or bad or whatever but he got a lot of negative media attention in the sense that it became about this fight with him at La Russa. Now every post game's about that. And then all of a sudden you're stressed out about something. These are the things that can change instantaneously, right? In baseball, these are the things that can affect your mind, your psyche all the time, which is why you have to stay humble. You have to have that balance, right? Now, in terms of had I heard anything about Yermin or Yermin or the Yerminator or Mercedes Benz, no, I hadn't heard anything. I obviously knew he was down because he hadn't played for the White Sox in a while. Um, and then randomly I saw a thing, an article about it. Uh, it was like the George, George Costanza. He just showed back up to work the next day. Yeah, he's like a pretty emotional cat. La Russa had really nice things to say about him. Um, said they have a great relationship and that he was going to call him. So all the people that were wearing Tony La Russa out early in the year, you can go pound sand. Like because obviously the guy has done something right throughout the course of his career. Yeah, it was, it was a pretty strange, unexpected story that popped up. And uh, then he did the whole Phoenix Rising <laughs> post the next day. Uh, but he retired, and then, like, the next day, Twitter was like, oh, he's in the dugout. He's with the team in uniform. So yeah, to, I- to, to actually retire. And do you have to, you have to file paperwork yeah, to but- say, like, I've retired? Yeah, there's like a form you have to sign. Right? Is that for minor leaguers too? Uh, like if you're on the 40 man, what's what's the threshold there? Like, I mean, it's a good question, Bobby. I, these are all things I'm not retired yet, so I don't know. And if I if I don't sign it, will I not be retired in perpetuity? Like, if I'm 94, can they still like if I'm not if I haven't handed in my papers, are they going to be like, hey, he's a free agent? I mean, technically, if you have if. I guess if you retire, you're making a declaration that you're not playing anymore. There's got to be contract repercussions there where yeah. you're not going to pay anymore. I think in order to start collecting my pension, which I can collect in like carry the six, seven, seven years, seven years, I can start collecting pension if I want. Um, I think in order to get that, you probably need to be retired. But I don't know. I, I've i never retired, so I don't know. Okay. Um. Listen, in terms of the whole story, he's an emotional cat. Um, I probably wouldn't have handled it this way if I were him. But then again, we live in a day and age where bringing attention to yourself is good for your brand or whatever. So, like, he brought some attention to himself. And now people – He was certainly off the radar in the baseball world. And then he was very much the center of the radar. So – Yeah. I don't think that's why he was doing it. It's but. weird to me because these are all things that when I was growing up, I was taught not to do. And now it seems like don't make it about you. You know, so don't make it about you. Let your game speak for itself. That You know, don't do stupid things. And now, like, if you do those things and as long as they're, like, okay and then you apologize, you're good. People like you more. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, next topic. I, I feel very passionate about this topic. So in major league baseball is never any quest to enhance the game of baseball. Is, is that a, a decent wording, I guess, 
they are testing the most absurd looking wristband I've ever seen in my life um, as a way to signal what pitch to throw to the pitcher to a receiver inside their hat. So it's like this wirelessly transmitted thing. And it's like a, it's a wristband with like an oval on it with numbers. It's like an old, like rotary phone looking thing. And then you can cancel it. It said that one of the things says V down and then V up. Does that mean you're like velocity? I, I've been like, I haven't had very many like public opinions about the wristbands in college sports. Cause I just, I don't really like them, but I know they're not going anywhere because there's way too much um, control from the coaching side on that part of the game. And like, they don't let catchers call their own games. Uh, I know in the ACC, they're wearing the earpieces from the dugout. I feel like you're, I, I, was, I said this pre-show, you're turning chess into checkers with this. Like baseball is a game that it has, you need a high IQ of baseball. You need to think concentration matters. It's a three hour game. Miss signs should have consequences. And everything we're doing is about eliminating the mental side of the game. It's absurd to me. And I hate it. Ding a ling a ling, Bobby. I hate Bobby it. For this. I hate it. It's like, we're, t- we're like, we're t- Hang on. Of course. And I- I'm guilty of this. I'm on my phone too much. I know like you're talking to somebody and then they, they check their phone. They're like this. We're going to watch baseball games on TV and the catcher's going to be going beep, beep, boop, 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 fastball I'm gonna away. Go, I'm going to go one further <laughs> for you, right? Because the whole thing goes together, right? I'm going to go one further for you. And I, I figure I should mention Wait. Olympic softball. I've been watching the softball games. My, 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 my Patriots back from Italy scored their first run of the tournament finally. They went 0-5 and they scored their first run in their last game. So that's good. Um, USA, Japan, gold medal game, whatever. So they're talking about speeding up the game. Now, fastballs are uh, softball's already really fast, like, right, super fast. And they're, the WBSC implemented all the pitch clock rules and all this crap. So they put the pitch clock thing in to speed up the game, to speed up the game. And all of a sudden, they got called a ball because the girl missed the clock because the clock didn't reset. And there was like a five-minute argument in the USA, Italy, or USA, whoever it was, Australia game or Mexico, I don't remember who they are playing five minute argument to figure out the pitch. So when I talk to people about unintended consequences and things that we're not thinking about, as we've learned in the software world, the gotchas, Bobby, there are so many gotchas to surface level crap, right? Like, Oh, on the surface, it seems like a great idea to give the catcher a computer on his wristband to give the pitcher a signal through his hat it seems like a great idea to not allow pickoffs because it'll speed up the game. You just made the ultimate point, Bobby. And this is the same thing with strikes and balls, Todd Osborne. Same thing. Oh, name call out. I dropped it. I dropped it. It's the same thing. When you change something, it will have an effect on something else. And we're turning baseball into checkers and not chess. Baseball is chess. That's the best description you've ever had of it. There is an art to catching a ball and framing it at home plate. There is an art to understanding you're getting an inch off the plate. Yes, umpires. And by the way, this is going to be the first time in my life I defend umpires. If I hear one more person say umpires in the major leagues are brutal. No, you know what's funny is umpires in the major leagues are the best. They're the best. 
they are the best they're they have to offer now are there some guys <clears throat> Angela Hernandez that you know to have some moments where they black out stuff like that right but let me tell you something those guys are the best that we have to offer as humans they are really really good and just FYI most of them aren't actually missing calls they're just making the call that they want to make because they think it's a strike I saw a tweet the other day said what is a strike a strike is something that looks like a strike if it looks like a strike and it sounds like a strike it's a strike right you see a catcher go strike good guy catches the ball good absorbs it into his body strike whatever first of all the wristband in college baseball is absurd it's just absurd what are you playing quarterback out there remembering the playbook what are we doing and not to mention you're trying to make sure you relay the signs well and guys are still missing signs in college baseball and it's ruining the flow of the game the pitcher's taking signs from the dugout for a thousand years it's only been a hundred yeah, I was gonna say that. <laughs> no, espionage, as it was so eloquently called in a Twitter thread, espionage has been a part of baseball. Gaining a competitive advantage from paying attention. Pay attention on the baseball field, and you'll know everything the game's gonna tell you, which is why all of this makes me feel like I live in the twilight zone. Things like the the gate the flow of the game, like if a pitcher is working fast, the defense is going to be more energized behind them. They're going to be more into the game. If a guy starts working slow, there's a penalty to that. Everybody gets out of rhythm. The likelihood of an error getting made, the lack of a player losing concentration in the field. There's consequences to the game and how you play the game matters. So removing the mental side, removing these elements that like, do the people making these rules just not get it. They just don't understand that those things exist. So they're like, Oh yeah, well, if we just put this in, then we speed up the game and the game's going to be better. It's like, you're, you're not playing the game anymore. I don't know if they're smart enough, Bobby. I don't know if they're smart enough. They might be, but I really believe this. The idea of creating the topic allows the sport to be at the center of discussions, right? So just bringing up the idea now puts you makes you relevant in the news cycle right baseball so baseball has been talking about speeding up the game for what 10 15 years anybody that's ever played baseball knows the game's not going to speed up like it just can't it's an organism unto itself right and one year you're going to play games five minutes faster and one year you're going to play five minutes slower right like it's just what's going to happen the game's going to be three hours when you play regulation whatever They've been trying to speed it up. Games are averaging 190 minutes this year, which is three hours and 10 minutes, which is up from two or three years ago or last year. It's crazy. When the games are down, they're like, oh, we're really doing a good job speeding it up. But now, what, like, what about now? Are, what, like, is, are not all the same things in place that should be creating it, causing it to speed up? There is no solution to speed up baseball because the game is built the way it is. And you're absolutely right about the penalties that you should incur for not having the ability to communicate signs with one another and the penalties that should happen for a pitcher taking forever on the mound and his, and his defenders blacking out. Cause that will happen in perpetuity. When a guy takes 32 seconds between pitches and can't throw it over, the defense is going to be like this black out. And, and then you deserve to lose because you're not good. Exactly. But when Mark Burley's on the mound 
and he's throwing out whatever the catcher puts down. Mark Burley, one of the best pitchers of our generation, was like, Chris, it doesn't matter what I throw. It doesn't matter if you know what I'm throwing. I just put down whatever the catcher puts down. I just throw it. Because if you get the ball and you throw it, you'll keep hitters out of rhythm. The, like, it's absurd to hear people with the sign-stealing stuff where they're like, oh, like, you know the signs. And like, oh, my God, we got to penalize you. And then it's like, people have been trying to steal signs for 100 years. It happened all the time. Now, okay, you want to call the medium into question? Sure. But, like, how dare you leave computers and TVs that have live, like, live feeds right there while people are watching? Like, what did you think was going to happen? I hate it. I hate all of it. I still love the game. But I hate all this crap that people are trying to do to it. And this is the reason why the game doesn't have the same following anymore. It's not because it's slow. It's because it's changing. It's an overhaul. There's no thinking. Like, the people that love baseball – love the nuances and the, the 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 watching guys between innings seeing how they acted and figuring out defensive positioning and all that stuff now it's no longer a pitch to contact game so nothing matters anymore yeah from a from a business standpoint it's pretty interesting like they're trying to grow their audience but they're catering to an audience that's not passionate about the game so they're they're losing the more passionate fans the more like dedicated more loyal fans you're losing them. Like how many, how many quotes have you seen from former major league players? Are like, I cannot watch baseball. It's, it's unwatchable to me. This is what happens when you try That's to scary. Play middle, Bobby. When you try to put yourself in the middle and play both sides. You lose but I would that. rather see, I would rather see major league baseball take an initiative to teach the game of baseball and teach the nuances of the game and make people more invested in the, in the details of the game, because guess what? Then the game's not boring. When you understand, when you see the board, when you see all the things that are actually happening, it's not a slow game. Baseball is quick. And yeah, there's going to be times when a guy takes too long between pitches and that's part of the game. Like Giannis takes 10 full seconds to shoot a free throw. Like do people complain about that? The, the, the Phoenix Suns fans were trying to use it against them. So yeah, get the fans more engaged. Some guys taking forever, start booing them. Like he picks off seven times, boo them. Then it's like interaction. Then the fans are part of the game. That's a good thing. Um, the strike zone, the strike zone thing, I go back and forth on it. So I love the idea of augmented reality um, because then it would give the box. If you're going to put the box on TV, you got to, you got to adhere to it. It's just, it's a terrible experience to see a ball enter the strike zone and then be called a ball. It's just a terrible experience and vice versa. A ball is outside the zone called strike. But in terms of learning the game and the youth levels of the game, which is like, 99.9% of baseball, you have to learn the strike zone each day. Like I would, when I coached, I would always tell my players, like, don't complain about the strike zone in the first inning. We got to learn where this guy's zone is. You got to learn where it is. Does he call it down? Does he call it up inside, outside? Like what are the umpire's tendencies so that when you go up to the pit, when it's your turn to hit, when you walk up to the plate, you are prepared. And if you do those things, you increase your team's chances of winning. At the major league level, it's almost it's like a different brand of baseball because yeah, we're, we got video replay, we got all this technology, and if yeah, if you go automated strike zone, it is a different game. But the one thing I'll say about the automated strike zone because I was talking to uh, an Atlantic League player the other day, and he, dude, there's there's players they're they're going to push the mound back a foot, they're using TrackMan for all the strike zone stuff, 
they feel like they have no influence on the game. Zero. So, so like there is a call. Umpires are not allowed to overrule a call. There was a pitch that bounced into home plate and it was called a strike. And the umpire said, I can't overrule it. But it bounced and it crossed the plane of a strike, even though it bounced and it was called a strike. And the, um, the batter's like, why am I here? What, like, why am I even here? And players are like, we're going to just shut it down. I don't even want to be a part of this because it's not baseball. So that is like, that's the extreme version of it. You start implementing all this new stuff. I told him about your idea for, for implementing appeals because then at least the players have some sort of say. They can be like, hey, that call's terrible. You got to do something about it. Or just like let the umpire call the game as he sees it and then you can have an appeal. And then have an appeal. It's, it's just like tennis. Like, just like tennis. How hard is that? Every, every hitter gets an appeal until they're wrong. Simple. Every pitcher gets five appeals until they're they're wrong five times or whatever. Like the thing about the the your point about missing spots to me. Again, it goes back to the fact that they're showing it on TV. They're showing the box. the The pitcher's trying to make a pitch to execute against the hitter to get the hitter out, not necessarily to miss their spot and throw it out of the zone. That's the umpire. The umpire gets trained into a zone, and when the guy reaches like this, it looks like a ball. Did you see the Twitter thread that, that happened? We, you were in. The yeah, yeah. I, 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 mean, it looks like, I know it's strike because it looks yeah. like a strike. And it, so, and I, I love pitching ninja. By the way, like I'm all over his stuff. Like he's great. I think his personality is great. I love the conversations he's having with people. Um, and I didn't think I would, which is interesting. No, he's awesome. I hate yeah. pitchers in general, but now Liam Hendricks is all about uh, and like and Liam loves pitching and but he's great anyway. Rob, good job, man. Keep going. Um, but don't take my broken bat hits away. Like I don't, you can't have those. Like I don't. Like he was like because his point was well, every time a hitter <clears throat> misses or does something unintended, they should get that taken away. So I'm talking to. I was talking with. I was watching this thread happen, and and I I really I'm 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 blown away by the fact that people don't see the same things that I saw. And maybe I, I don't give myself enough credit for, for being a nuanced guy in the game. I was, I learned that if a guy goes like this, if a catcher goes like this, boom, right? When he catches the ball or makes it look really good, or even if he catches the ball like this and goes like this and has the ability to absorb it well, that, that is part of like looking like a strike. If I got a catcher set up on the outside corner and he has to reach back like this, that's not a strike. And, and the funny thing was, is somebody in the thread was like, oh, well, do you think that could be part of the espionage, having the catcher set up on one side of the plate and then throwing it to the opposite? I was like, I was like, wait a minute. If you go watch, I would love Pitching Ninja. This is for you. I want you to try this. I would love to see how many pitchers actually, like what percentage of spots get hit in a game in terms of where the catcher's set up, you know, just based on, I don't know, some arbitrary like two inch circle that we could put around the spot where the catcher's set up. Because I promise you, if you go back and watch Maddox pitch or Glavin pitch, and look, I know they're not pitching anymore, but those guys hit their spots way more than the guys today. Because it's the same with hitting. When you're trying to max effort stuff, when you're trying to go harder, which the game is doing, a, like you expose yourself to injury, which everybody's having TJ and all that stuff, right? But B, like you're just less in control. You're just less in control, right? Like when you're walking, it's easier to stay balanced. When you're running, it's harder, right? Like 
it's just a normal thing. When you're driving a car slow, it's easier to stay between the lines and make safe turns. When you're driving a car fast, it's easier to crash. So I, there was something about that the beauty of guys that had the ability to command where the baseball was going. That is, it's again, it goes back to the art form of pitching. And let me tell you something. Their stuff's so good now, right? Because we talk about how good their stuff is. They don't deserve those calls. They, they don't deserve them, Bobby. It's too hard to hit as it is. The league's hitting 230 or whatever it is, 241. They're up. The league's up one point since six, since six he said, Woo! One full point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's just, uh, it's, yeah, it's a nuance of the game thing. Um, I don't like when pitchers get rewarded for missing spots. I get that it crossed the strike zone, but the umpire has to position himself to see the pitch that you're intending to throw. So if you miss wildly, like then you're like, where's the line? So we got catchers who are trying to steal strikes at the bottom of the zone. They're, they're working up. Like there's, we're trying to deceive the umpire, but then we want robot strike zones. And then if we give the robot strike zone and the catcher's influence on the game, and their whole job of receiving basically goes out the window. It's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um, but yeah, wristband communication to the pitcher because it's encrypted and you can't hack it. Give me a break. Just put your fingers down. Give it a sequence. Go Amish rules. Love Amish rules for baseball. Just remove all tech once the game starts. Uh, post-show. Red Sox and Yankees had a couple interesting games. Uh, they scored two runs without getting a hit which was interesting. Then they scored five runs in the eighth after being no hit. The, uh, the Yankees did have a, a victory in between there. Are the Yankees done for the season? I think they're, they're like a game and a half back in the wild card. So you can't really say they're done. Um, on the division because the East is, I mean, they got two, they got two teams in front of them. No, three. No, the Blue Jays are probably right there with them. Blue Jays, I think are, I, I looked at it this morning. I think the Blue Jays are two games back in the wild card. Um, the East is a two horse race, dude. I mean, it's it's become clear. yeah, but they get the double wild card now, so right. But I'm saying the up. East is a two horse race, and whoever like one of those teams is winning the wild card, right? The one that doesn't win the division is winning the wild card, is winning the first one, and then uh, the second one will will probably be another American League East team. Yeah, so the 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 Red Sox are leading. Tampa's back one. The Yankees are down down nine from the lead. Toronto's nine and a half. Uh, and the wild card, the the Rays are four and a half up. The Rays have the first wild card. Yeah, Oakland is considered like the neutral one. Seattle, Seattle went from is relevant, which is crazy. Yeah. I just saw that last night. They went from they started hot, then they tail, they just dropped off the planet, and now they're coming back. By the way, Mitch Haniger has twenty five homers. Yeah, he's good. He's good. good for you, Mitch. Yeah, I like you, Mitch. He's good. Uh, so then Seattle's a game and a half back. Then the Yankees are three and a half back. Blue Jays are four. Cleveland's five. Um, I feel like Cleveland is kind of fire sailing. Fire, fire sailing? Yeah, I said that right. Um, I just read that the Twins are shopping Berrios. So they're, they're out. Anaheim is five and a half back. We need to get Trout in the playoffs. But I don't think they have the roster for it. Although that uh, dude did, did almost throw a no hitter. That was the Oakland no hitter of the year. I feel like Oakland, Seattle, Yankees, Toronto are in it 
after that, it's getting a little dicey. And then National League, they're starting to stretch it out already. The the West is crazy. The West, they got the Frazier kid. Padres got Frazier from the Pirates. Yeah. They got five infielders. They got five all-star caliber infielders. Where is this going to play? going to go to the outfield. Who is? Frazier's going to the outfield. Is that a thing? Yeah. Is that? They're going to deal. They're going to deal Hosmer. Frazier is playing Big the contract to deal. I, I saw stuff that Fra- that Hosmer was going to go to the outfield. That's what I was reading. On a, Who's going to first? So you got Cronenworth going to first and Frazier playing second? I've heard that Cronenworth is the best middle infielder on the team. I don't disagree with that statement. But like, Heath has been playing better defensively. Like Adam Frazier's like just doesn't profile as a first baseman. But then again, Ray Chang and Danny Santana are playing first base in the big leagues right now. So I would have yeah. they would have never played first base. First first base used to be a premium offense. I get offended by who plays first base now. Especially when they're hitting like a buck eighty. I'm like, really? Like, did you not want me? Or like I can still hit. I get my feelings hurt a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. Um any other crazy baseball stuff happen this weekend? I was watching way more Olympics than I was baseball. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, crazy baseball stuff. No, the, the Red Sox did what they did. Uh, yeah, the trade. Cruz got traded to the Rays. That didn't catch much news. That's a good get for them, though. Yeah. Blue Jays are going to uh, – the, the Twins are going to just get – they're going to just dump. Uh, they a very – very disappointing year. Oh, the Dodgers Giants. The ending of that Dodgers Giants game was interesting. The Giants was, are real, bro. The NL West is awesome, except for the Diamondbacks. The 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 way so like the way that game ended. How about this? Like the second baseman didn't stretch because I, I guarantee you he thought there was only one out because the way he came off the base on that play, if you watch it, is like he looked to home after he caught the ball from Taylor. And uh, it's funny because I was talking to Andy Burns, who was with the Dodgers. Like, Andy's a good buddy of mine from Toronto. We had an extended conversation, and he actually, ironically enough, just sent me the text about Freeman, even though I was talking about it this morning. Um, But, you know, the Dodgers – the Dodgers don't look as dominant over the NL West. And and, and the guy – like, again, the guy didn't stretch. Like, little simple stuff like that. I mean, the National League is far more interesting to me than than the than the American League at this point. But I don't know. The so the, early in the season it was the the Dodgers Padres had the electric series, and now the Dodgers Giants are getting in the, it, the that that division is awesome, and the Padres keep getting players. I feel like for me the the Giants have been completely under the radar. I didn't really pay much attention to them. I know their coaching staff is awesome. They got some dudes there that are really good with uh, Donnie Ecker and Kai doing the infield and the, the bench coaching. Um, seems like Kapler's a much better fit there than he was in Philly. Maybe he learned, he got better. It's good. Um, and we got some good, st- good stuff happening on the pitching side, but they're real. I mean, you don't get this deep in the season without having talent and good team chemistry and all that kind of stuff. They got Darren Ruff. That's all that matters. Best player ever. Darren Ruff. Darren Ruff and Babe Ruth belong in the same sentence. Darren Ruth. In the – and in the Eastern League in uh, 2012, yeah. uh, Giannis got the job done, 50. And then he tried to get 50 nuggets from uh, Chick-fil-A. And he gets, uh, what was the drink? Sprite and lemonade is his go-to drink. With no ice. That's such a European thing to do. That dude's awesome. Talk about 
somebody that's easy to root for in comparison in comparison to like LeBron. He wins a championship. He immediately goes to his family. Immediately just goes and sits down and like embraces the moment. It wasn't like jumping up on the on the, the side tables, whatever they call them, and like pumping up the crowd. Just it felt like he's very humble in victory. And from a life perspective standpoint, he's coming from such a different place. Grinded, worked. His game is not like super polished. He didn't have like a clean jumper. He's not a good free throw shooter, but from a pure performance standpoint, that dude posted up in the finals. He's good. Like he, I was texting Patrick during the finals. I, I typically just watch the last two minutes of games. I watched the second half of that game. Eight minutes to go in the fourth quarter. I'm like, this game's over. Game was over. From an energy standpoint, the Suns had no chance to win that game. He, he owned that game, right? Like, and more important, like he could have scored 100 in that game. That's how good he played. First of all, he was shooting free throws at a ridiculous clip, which he doesn't normally do. There was some bar that was like giving out free shots for all free throws made. <laughs> they didn't, so, didn't see that would come in. It's, it's super obvious to me when I watch athletes who are doing things for all the right reasons, right? For all the right stuff for like humility and, you know, when they're doing things because out of the kindness of their heart, when they care about people, when they genuinely care about other people, and he embodies that, right? So you, I mean, look, you could have jumped up on the table and pumped your fist and thrown your hands up in the air for the crowd if it was coming from a place of like, this is not about me. This is about engaging with the people who, who did this for us and giving them an opportunity to feel connected to it. That's the difference. And, and it's, it's pretty clear when you listen to him talk and when you see him interact and just his actions are, like you said, easy guy to root for. How many times uh, he flop? How many flops? How many flops? Yeah, I can't recall one flop. Is Giannis a flopper? No. Because LeBron's on the floor like a, a fish out of water half the time. Well, I mean. Rolling around. Like he got poked in the eye and he was on the ground longer than Pilar who got hit in the face with 100. Like he's the most dramatic basketball player imaginable. And he's built like a freight train and he's acts like a ping pong ball. Get him. It's just tough to watch. He's just tough to watch. He's like LeBron is the, is so talented and he's so hard to watch. Yeah, I agree. And Giannis is like the polar opposite of it. Like if he takes a hit, he takes a hit and he keeps going. He doesn't fall on the ground and act like he's hurt like a soccer player. Yeah, he embodies everything that's right about the game. And I'm right begging for calls. He's not complaining to the refs every single time down the court. It's tired. Yeah, it's tough to watch. I, I, yeah, get him. Uh, your boy, your boy, Tom Brady, there's a video going viral, had like 7.5 million views in like a minute. Dude, it's the fakest video of all time. These videos irritate me like no other. You get the Ichiro one when he's like knocking down the bats. There was a video of the ball girl that jumped and like double jumped off the fence to catch the ball. You remember that one? Fakest thing in the world. And everybody's like, whoa, Tom Brady's so good. It's the fakest thing ever. No, When's the well, last time? Tom Brady's so good is right though. Yeah, but you can't throw a ball into a jugging machine with the wheels spinning and the ball just sits there and waits for a second. Like, let's use our brains. I, I, it's probably a Subway commercial. That's the dumbest thing about the whole thing. Subway's doing this major rebrand. It's like, oh, let's make a viral video with Tom Brady. And then, like, 
is we'll, see, we'll, we'll transition into, you know, he's going to not eat a Subway sandwich because he didn't eat bread, but he's a spokesperson for the company. The whole thing is so dumb. Or it's like a Jimmy Kimmel thing. It's like when the person was twerking and fell and lit their apartment on fire and it's a fake ad. Can't stand it. Hey, I just love Tom Brady, man. I just, I can't. Listen, dude, I, my guy Tommy can do whatever he wants. Whatever people think about Tommy can be their opinion. They don't need to be like on the, you know, you can like the ad, you can not like the ad. Tommy didn't say this is real or fake. It's just fake and it really bothers me. I can't stand it. What? I can't. So this is one of those weird things. <laughs> My logical brain cannot get over it. It's like when people say it's like comparing apples to oranges. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. When people say it's like comparing apples to oranges, I'm like, they're pretty similar. Like they're both fruit. They both grow on trees. They both have a skin. They both have seeds inside of them. They're pretty similar, but also like they're different colors. So I guess it's like comparing two different things. Like, what are you talking about? Are you saying like they're similar, like in the grand scheme of things, but they're still a little bit different? Or are you saying they're very different? I don't know what you're saying. Can't get over it. It's fake. Can't throw a ball into a machine and it stays there. And then the last one you knock it over and it shoots it in the air. Come on, give me a break. I just hate it. It's such like a like a meme thing that is so fake and I, I hate it. Keep going. Get him. You do the whole bullshit by yourself. The last thing I got is, and I, I'm, I'm banking on you having a strong opinion on this because you're gonna like play into that. I grew up on the beach in Italy. Uh, beach volleyball is impossible. I watched them play beach volleyball, and I'm, I think that's the most difficult sport in the world. I don't know how it's not played with three people. Like it's so hard. The two person beach volleyball, like. I've, I've played B I can't really play volleyball because I had the thumb surgery and I got like a screw and a wire holding my thumb together. So like, if I try to bump it, it like my thumb will shatter, but it's the hard, it looks like the hardest thing on the planet. I played one time and I played outside in the wind. It was in California. And then like the ball, like they serve the ball and then it, it shifts like four feet to the right. You got to pivot in the sand and then you're diving and sands in your face. And, and there's so much ground to cover, like the court. It's, is they jump fun. like they're like it's not a problem. And when, jumping in beach sand is the hardest thing ever. When I would play, and I had some buddies that got pretty good, right? Because we were on the beach, and I remember thinking to myself when I was a kid, I was like, "Oh, what an easy sport!" Because you play with four people on one side of the court. But then, to your point about jumping, and literally, when you go up to like block uh, a spike, you only have one person on the court, <laughs> like behind that. So it's, it's a really, really hard sport to master. Um, don't know how it's not a three-person sport. It's, like, it's really. like the most impressive athletic sport on the planet. To just, to just jump and run around and change directions and dive and get up. I, I mean, the volleyball players in general, they have really good size. They can jump. Like, why don't they play basketball? I guess they just love volleyball, but. They would be so good at basketball. <laughs> they're so big and they're so explosive jumpers. Yeah. Wild. But the beach, the beach aspect of it is I, I, it's the hardest thing I've ever tried to do physically in a, in a sport. That's it. That's all I got. We already covered the strikeout thing or the, uh, the strikeout follow-up from Post Show. You got anything else? What do I got? Baseball in the Olympics coming up. Am I going to watch? Who's going to win? Sneaky, like the Dominican Republic. So it's interesting. That, so the the softball, there's like a typhoon coming in. And if they don't get the games in, it's over. So last night's game, the U.S. versus Japan, 
that could have been the gold medal game. They had the walk off homer. Um, that did were you watch that by the way? I did. The girl she hit the foul ball, and I was like, she's right on it. Like, I she watch it out. She hit it. I was like, and watch then out. The next pitch was a homer. Yeah. Um, the yeah. So they were like, kind of both teams were kind of not treating that game like it was a big deal. And I guess during the game, they told them if they don't play again, that that was a gold medal game. And then Japan didn't have their best pitcher out there. And then U.S. brought in Osterman and then Abbott. If that's how you win the gold medal, it sucks. It's a My, weird. It's good. It's awesome, but it sucks because you want to play the championship game. The men's format is so different than the women's format. I don't know if you looked into it at all. No. Um, they're, they're splitting it into two brackets, and then there's like a ton of elimination games. So it's like. So they play in round robin for seeding. Yeah, you got to see it. It's really, really cool. I actually, and I didn't understand why the women weren't doing it because going straight round robin and then really not putting anything on the line. Um, I feel like you should go round robin into a tournament. But the, here's the funny thing is like you literally, the, the finals were already decided going into the last game. Yeah. So like why even play that game? It was for home field, but. We, we yeah. did the same thing in the 2012 European Cup where we had our last game against Holland and it didn't matter because it was going to be the final the next day. And so we played that game. We walked off on them in the last game, and then we ended up beating them the next day too, which uh, we finished the 2012 European Cup undefeated. Um, but it, it's weird, man. It's I, like – I feel like I'm so used to seeing series. Series will help determine whether – You'll find the better team. Actually won, right? Yeah. And I, I think the Olympic final should be a best of three series too because, I mean, we're playing for a gold medal we're talking about here. We're not talking about like to, an opportunity to get something once every four years. Sometimes there's going to be no softball or baseball. So if they did – if they did the full round robin and then – you did a three game series for the bronze and three game series for the gold. That would be really cool because it, you would, you have to compete and you got to be the better team. The more likely, the more, it's way more likely to find the better team that way. Sure. I'll, I'll look up the, the baseball format. It's just look up baseball, Olympic baseball brackets. So cool. There's like, if you get to three and oh, or if you win both games in the round Robin and then win the first game in the winner's bracket, you automatically go to the semifinal game, which there's like seven steps to get there. If you're, if you end up coming out of losers bracket in that round, it's really, really interesting. Like they should have done it that way. Who are the teams? So U S Dominican, Israel, US, Dominican. Is Gogo -Go playing for Mexico? Huh? Goins, Mexico. I don't think so. Gogo's there. I saw an Instagram post really? today. He can't be playing for Mexico. Anyway, Japan and Korea. Those are the last two. Ryan Goins, Team Mexico. Really? How does he have Mexican descent? Mom's side? I don't know. But uh, uh, Joey Bats told me they're, like, sequestered. Like he said, they can't leave the Olympic Village. Sleeping on cardboard beds. We're prisoners. And then my next text to him was, is it decent in there or not? And I haven't heard back. So so many leaguers playing in this, by the way. It's cool. I mean, I like it. I like it. Um, it's always weird, though, when it's, like, not the best players. Yeah. Well, I mean, it actually might be the best players now because I don't think the best players are in the show, so – yeah, but the the WBC always seemed like it was more yeah, I get it. like the, the top of the litter, you know. I get it.
it's tough. It's just in season. So there's not much you can do about it. All right. Is that it? Pickle out.